You're listening to The Big Show with Russick and Rose on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Hour number two. It's The Big Show, Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960 The Fan, live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems, downtown studio, serving Calgary and southern Alberta since 1992. You got any questions about basements? Yeah, you do. Visit dlbasementsystems.com for a free estimate. At the bottom of the hour, uh, Luke Gazdick, former NHLer, NHL on Sportsnet analyst, Mitsoff Podcast, will join us. We'll wrap up the 7 o'clock hour with our very astute intern, Ben, mm. with a Women's World Cup update, mm-hmm. which everyone is waiting with bated breath. Yeah. It's been the highlight of uh, our shows. Like, it's been a grind this week for shows, I'm not going to lie. Oh, it's been a long week. Stop. All two days. This is such a How many you got next week? Three? <laughs> yeah, I'm off Monday, Tuesday. Yeah, there oh, you go. gosh. It's a tough gig. What you got going on this weekend? What do you do? What you, yeah, what's the deal now? Just felt like it? No, I just, uh, I have a big uh, none of your effing business plans. <laughs> How about that? Well, geez. <laughs> no, it's my. Uh, Sounds like you don't have anything planned and you said, no, no I'm just I do. Take no. the days off. No, Monday, uh, it's uh, my brother's uh, golf tournament. Mm. And, uh, yeah, so you have to do a Tuesday off, too. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, pitter-patter. It's a long day. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's a long day. Yeah. Yeah. I want to sleep in the next day. What's wrong with that? (laughs) You do get to sleep in. The show doesn't start until 7 where you are. Yeah, so? (laughs) 8. Yeah, it eight? starts at 8. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's 8 o'clock when he starts. Must be nice. Like, I, am, I, <laughs> am I detecting a hint of jealousy from both of you right now? <laughs> it's just I miss you. That's all. Okay. I'll be there soon. It's fine. Lies. Fibs. I'll be there soon. I'll be there soon. I'll no. be there by, I'll be there by the, by the All-Star break. Yeah, great. Um, Which one? Come back for a couple <laughs> days before the holidays and go back home. <laughs> No, I'll be back soon. Um, I got to go to Edmonton to watch the, the other oh, game. Yeah, yeah 100%. Got to go to beautiful Edmonton. Mm-hmm. Really looking forward to that. So beautiful. Um, we got a very... Can we announce the guest yet or no? That's at 8 o'clock. 8 o'clock. Okay, we have a we have a big-time guest coming up at 8 o'clock on the Speargrass Golf Show. Yeah, this guy... Um, yeah. This guy, people will know. He's a major champion. Mm-hmm. Yes, he sure is. He's one of what, like fifteen that they have now that are coming to Calgary for the Shaw Charity Classic. It's crazy. There's a ton of dudes that have won majors coming to this yeah. uh, tournament. And uh, we'll we talk interviewed... about that Phil Mickelson story uh, in the Speargrass Golf Show too. I almost said his name there. Yeah, don't, <laughs> don't do it. Oh Although uh, GVP already tweeted yeah, it out, but don't ru- do it. Already ruined the surprise. Yeah. I'll take it down, GVP. GVP's like the guy like, hey, uh, what time do you want me there for your surprise party on Sunday? <laughs> oh, <great. laughs> what? I was given no information. That's... I know. It's my fault. It's very true. GVP, do you want me to share? I, know I don't you're even know if I... hey, Never mind. Just go ahead. GVP, do you want me to share um, some incredible advice I got early on in my mediocre broadcasting career? Get Lay out. it on me. Get out. Uh, this is uh, <laughs> get out while you can, please. Run, run, screaming away from this business. Uh, go into a trade where you can actually make money. You like cabinets? Um, yeah, yeah. Do you like plumbing? Uh, like electricity? Um, 
Those are real jobs. So um, even if it's 1% your fault, it's still your fault. Writing that down, GVP? Okay. <laughs> got it? You got it? Yeah, I feel like it's zero, but sure. Nope. <laughs> I'm just saying. Even if it's 1%, your fault, it's still your fault. Just saying. Well, for all those kitties out there, make sure you learn oh, yeah. that one. That's a big all one. All those kids with broadcasting dreams. I feel like, like our intern who fell asleep on our show for 45 minutes. Dream to work in this business. <laughs> Is that a pun? Is that what that was there? Yeah. Are you being clever? Yeah, well, well done. I'm, I'm rarely clever. I'm a I'm adult. Okay, so <laughs> we're giving away a ridiculous prize pack. We'll do that soon. Um, but first, um, we heard from Oliver Shillington yesterday um, on Swedish. Te- I'm tired of like all these Swedish newspaper and like they've been the only ones putting out news like, this summer. <laughs> I know. <laughs> we get it here. Everything's translated. Yeah, I know. Like I'm always a little leery so, like, about that kind of stuff. Yeah, is it like is that really what they said? Like my favorite report is always comes out of Montreal too. Uh from a Russian newspaper, like here we go. Yeah. Oh boy. Where's this one in some alley? Yeah, where's this one? Andre Markov uh doesn't want to play for Montreal this season. Oh, here we go. From a Russian newspaper. Oh, it's gotta be true. Uh the Kostitsins won out. Yeah. Oh, okay. Right. The, the Putin Daily posted that Markov doesn't want to play. Russia, the Putin Bugle. Russia today. The Putin Bugle reporting. So, um, Oliver Shillington uh, comes out yesterday. Uh, you had it in the Rose Report, mm-hmm. uh, Maddie, that uh, dealing with a family issue that was affecting his mental health. Yep. And uh, that's the, the reasoning uh, behind him missing the entire season. And credit for Oliver Shillington uh, to be so transparent and so honest with uh, the Flames and himself that, you know, he, he couldn't concentrate, uh, he couldn't put himself all in on hockey with this issue going on behind the scenes, uh, which is um, which is very brave of him as well. And I saw some negativity around this on social media last night, too, and I was, I was very surprised by that, and here's why. Why would you want him to play if he wasn't fully focused on the Flames and winning hockey games? Do you know what I saw from people who were complaining about this? Jaded, bitter people that their job, they don't make enough money as Oliver Shillington because most of it was linked to, but did he get paid for the year? Okay. Uh, and I'm like, that's not and, relevant. Yeah. He, again, I, my stance is this. He wouldn't be completely himself and be at his best. Why would you want him playing for the team then? I agree. You got to get yourself right. right. And it's something, exactly. that, it's something that he talks about in the industry. Like, he talks about, you know, your mental health is something that you have to treat like any other body part. You have to make sure that you're maintaining it. When it gets low, you have to make sure that you're kind of protecting it and allowing it mm-hmm. to heal and all of that type of stuff. And I fully agree with him. He also goes on to say, you know, it was a challenging year for me. There are things that have been going on in his family for years that had escalated to become worse. And as a result, there were mental and psychological problems that he had suffered from. Um, and he thinks that he dealt with the problem like maybe everyone else does by just sweeping it under the rug and putting the lid on it. But for my part, it led to mental illness, and I felt very bad about how I dealt with my problems and almost on, almost went into the wall and felt that now it's enough. I needed to face these problems we had as a family, and today I'm incredibly grateful for this journey I started and then had to finish. But that's the point. He says finish in a post 
in a, a past term. Like yep. he has gone through this and dealt with it. So, yeah, I I have very little to no time for people that want to rip Oliver Shillington for taking a year to make sure that he's a okay as a person. Um, I have very little time for that type of garbage because you don't understand anything about what this guy's been going through. And to just exactly throw stuff like that at the wall, it just tells me that you are a sad and uh, unhappy individual. Well, it's 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 an example of we. As fans and media, we we're all guilty of doing this. We treat these players like commodities. Yeah, mm-hmm. sure. And they're they're human beings like we are. They're just very good at what they do. They're near the top top percentile on the planet in what they do. And then you forget about the human aspect of all of this. And uh, him taking this year off and and hopefully, as you say in past tense, uh, the issue he was dealing with. Maybe that was affecting him during his entire NHL career. We don't know. Sure. But maybe now that this uh, mental hurdle is he's past it, hopefully, that uh, that'll translate to a lot more success on the ice, which can only benefit himself and the Calgary Flames, which is a big-time positive. Last season's behind us. They missed the playoffs. It was a disaster of a year. The whole shenanigans with Daryl Sutter, it's all done. New head coach, New general manager, uh, it just and you and I, you and I talked about it even, Maddie, and all the the, the press, the news conferences we've been around mm-hmm. with the Flames. Um, there's just a a more positive vibe emanating from the dome that there has been in a while. And here's another piece of good positive news coming from the Calgary Flames, and fans should be excited that hopefully uh, Oliver Shillington's back. He's happy, and he can perform at an elite level and help this team win hockey games. I think yesterday was a good day. Yep, 100%. I, you know what? I, I, I'm tempering my expectations just because you know we haven't necessarily seen guys who have taken the full year off, step away from the game, and, and come back and, and what it's like at this age, right? Like This is relatively new-ish kind of way of thinking in sports, and I'm very much for it because I think it's important. But at the same time, we haven't necessarily seen it, so I'm trying to temper my expectations. But just to get this story out there yesterday and for you know Flames fans to be able to read it and, and listen to it if you speak Swedish and, and just kind of see him in the video talking in a way that you know he's comfortable, it's, uh, it was a very positive sign for the Flames. And like we talked about in the morning report, like you know we know that Noah Hannafin's future is very uncertain. But if you want to start the year going with, you know, Uyghur, Anderson, Hannafin, Tanev, Zadorov, Shillington. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's not bad. Yeah. It's better than some other defense cores in the division, without a doubt. And yep. some teams that are better than them. Overall, I would say that defense core for the Flames is better. You know, you're relying on a lot of things to change for this group. But getting Oliver Shillington back in the mix and and kind of moving Jordan Osterley, who's kind of the, the new signed seventh defenseman, and Dennis Gilbert into that bona fide seventh defenseman spot, I think that's good news for the team. It, do you think he you think he starts the season with Tanev? If Tanev is still here? Um I I'm I don't know. I feel like he starts a little further down the lineup. But it also depends. Like, what if Nikita Zadorov had an incredible summer and comes back and is in better shape and able to actually consistently be that top four guy, which he showed he could be for parts of last season. But not the entire season. So I just feel like you probably drop him a little bit lower um, because you're going to be using Tanev to shut down the opposition's best or second best guys. I just don't know if that's the starting place. 
Um, but I could see them mix and match some guys around early too. Like one of the things that was drastically different between the 22-23 season for the Flames and the 21-22 season for the Flames is that the the season prior when they had such a good year and Johnny and Matthew and Elias all went off and all that jazz, the blue line was good, but the blue line was also set since like a week into the season. Like they barely changed their three pairs. They barely had any injuries and they were able to move forward with that. Last year, that was not the case. It felt like every week we were looking at a different group of six, different organization of the six. This year, I would like to see them try and get back to something with a little bit more consistency to it. And I think getting Oliver Shillington in is going to be a big part of that. But I also wouldn't necessarily start him with Chris Tanev until he has a, a couple weeks to kind of get his feet under him. I would consider it as the year goes on, without a doubt. But uh, I don't know if it's where I would start him right off the bat. Uh, again, uh, yesterday was a positive day uh, for the Calgary Flames. And I think it's there was a lot of speculation to Maddie in the city around what's going on. I heard and, uh, so many different things about this. Yeah. And frankly, I don't even know what it actually ended up being. And I'm totally okay with not finding out because this is something that he yeah. wants to keep to himself. Very personal. And by all means. Yeah. I'm almost preferred not to know. Yeah. Um, it, it, it was a good day, and it's good news for the Calgary Flames that that guy hopefully uh, can has this behind him and can perform at the highest level. Um, before we get to the text topic, um, real quickly here, uh, Jose Bautista, Blue Jays announcing, guess what, Matt? He signed a one-day contract to retire as a Blue Jay. We don't see these enough anymore, in my humble opinion. You don't opinion. think so? Nope. Nope. When was the last yeah. time we saw a one-day one contract retire? It, it, it happens all the time. When was the last time, then? I don't know what... Does not happen all the time. It happens anymore. in the NFL quite a bit. Um, yeah, it happens a ton in the NFL. Uh yeah. I mean, there's talk of giving Brady a one day contract for him to retire as a Patriot before they retire his number there in week two. Sure, I'm all for it. Yeah, uh, that one makes sense. Like the ones that make sense. There's like ones like you were a mid player. I'd you like were all see- right. If Mark Giordano wanted to sign a yeah, one-day Gio contract. Yeah, would be one that made, yeah, you retire By as a flame. Means. Iggy yeah. signed a one-day to retire as a flame. Should have. He did. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. I'm all for it. Okay. All right. Not um, a fan? No, I'm not a fan. I just think it's stupid. We know that Bautista is a Blue Jay. He'll be known as a Blue Jay forever. <laughs> like Sergio Romo signed a one-day to retire as a, with the Giants earlier this year in great beard. training. Great beard. Wonderful beard. Great beard. was a Blue Jay for like a cup of coffee. Yeah, he was. It Not a very a good playoff, playoff run, wasn't it? It was or last was, yeah. year, I think. <laughs> or two years ago. It wasn't that long It was long recent, ago. yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, we're giving away a ridiculous prize. We have a text topic? Yeah, we do. Oh. Uh, what are we giving away? We're giving away um, Shaw Charity Classic VIP giveaway worth $3,000. Two honorary observers passes and two Rogers Clubhouse and Skybox passes. I think it's going to be easy today. Mm, okay. We, uh, we're giving those away. We're going to give away, away one because we have two pairs of tickets today, which is insane. Two prize We're going to give one yeah. away uh, via the phone line mm-hmm. at 830 uh-huh. and then one via the text line. Does that work for everyone? I'm involved. Yeah, I'm fully on board. Let's do it. Okay. Because uh, I like when people take the effort of calling in and being brave enough to be on the air to, to give away, um, to, to give their opinion and try to be clever and funny and uh, win the tickets. So uh, I think I think we have to do something around uh, the Elks yesterday. Mm. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, they've extended their North American professional uh, losing streak to 22 home games last night after blowing a 22 nothing lead against the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Oh, it's and losing just poetry, isn't it? You blow a 22-point yeah. lead to lose your 22nd game. It's just art. Unbelievable. Yeah, it is art. Um, how many... How many days has it been since their last home win? It's almost coming up to 1,400. 385, I think, yeah, is the number. That's today. a long streak. Um, I think I, I, Maddie likes them simple sometimes. I think we go simple today. Okay, I am a bit of a simpleton. Yeah. <laughs> Going um, back to the whole wallet ordeal, but you that's said fine. Um, <laughs> the Elks losing streak at home is longer than blank. I love when you do it like this, and I get to see Patty's reaction, and he just goes, oh, I'm going to have to read so many vile, vile texts. Please, <laughs> please uh, save your adult film text messages, because they will not get read and or be on the air. And they It make, makes and, us chuckle, but we can't use it on the radio. And Patty doesn't like sifting through them all to find the good ones. Sorry, Patty, that's part of the deal. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, the Elks losing streak... Is longer than blank. The Elks' home losing streak is longer than blank. Uh, the way to win the tickets, you have to put your name and location, 960-960, name and location. And we'll open up the phone lines later on. Looking forward to it. This is a good one. It's, it's a, that easy. The thing is, like... The Edmonton Elks' home losing streak is longer than blank. 960-960, name and location. And I don't nice know... Nice and simple today. Like it's nice and simple too because there's like three options of things that are longer. Like the start of time, that's longer. Um some of the hot dogs that you can buy in MLB stadiums in Aww. the US, those are longer. Um the amount of time we're waiting to build the new arena, that's <laughs> longer. That's all I got right now. Okay. The best I can come up with on the fly. 960-960, name and location. Uh, we'll talk to Luke Gazdick, who's next. Uh, name and location, and, please, even if you're going to rip the show. Yeah. And um, intern Ben with a Women's World Cup report. We'll do all of that next. It's the big show. Oh, and we got a surprise guest coming up in the Speargrass Golf Show. It's all next. Big show. Sports at 960, the fan. It's Logan Gordon, host of Sportsnet Today. I'll get you caught up on everything going on with the Blue Jays, any Summer Flames news, NFL, CFL, and more. Listen weekday afternoons or subscribe to the Sportsnet Today 960 podcast. Live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio, it's the big show, Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960, the fan at the top of the hour of the Speargrass Golf Show with a big-time mystery guest. We can say it in like 27 minutes, right? Yes. As soon as I get that email. Okay. Uh, we'll have said guest at 8.15. 8.30, uh, we're giving away uh, two, two Shaw Charity Classic VIP packages uh, worth $3,000 each. Two honorary observers passes, two Rogers Clubhouse and Skybox passes. We're asking you, it's that simple. We're going to give a prize away on the text line. We're going to give a prize away on the phone line at 8.30. The Edmonton Elks home losing streak is longer than blank. The Edmonton Elks home losing streak is longer than blank. 960, 960, name and location. You have to put your name and location to win a prize. And uh, to wrap up... I don't mean what? to interrupt you, but are you seeing this Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg fight is now confirmed to be at the Roman Coliseum? 
Yeah, they've so got confirmation. At the Roman Colosseum. Yeah, they got confirmation from the PM of Italy. <laughs> yeah, in Italy. Obviously. Good. I think I think Elon Musk is going to give him a beatdown. If like, there's one thing that I think about when I think of Gladiator, it's about tech moguls. And and yes. UFC will not be attached to this at all. Yeah. Oh, because the UFC is such an upstanding organization that they want to be attached. Oh, exactly, right? <laughs> Although Dana White does the uh, slapping to the face, which is automatic brain injuries, left, mm-hmm. right, center. Mm-hmm. But heaven forbid we have two guys fighting for charity. Let's not be attached to this. They're uh, yeah, they're raising money for veterans. It's gonna be well, good. Yeah. Nice. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, oh no, UFC's like no, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> wow. I no, this sure. is stupid. <laughs> Let's watch two people slap each other in the face from point blank. That's what I can get behind, Dana White. I got Zuck. I'm just saying. Yeah, Zuck. I got gonna... Musk. Musk is going to give him a beatdown. No way. Zuck's sneaky, dude. Musk, Musk, gonna... okay. Musk is clunky. Oh, okay, sure. All right. I've watched a lot of fight sports. I know what I'm talking about. All right. Um, we'll wrap up this hour with intern Ben in his Women's World Cup report, but he's waited on the line too long already. Uh, NHL on Sportsnet analyst. He is uh, from the Mitzoff podcast on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Our man, Luke Gazdick. Hey, Luke, how are you? Good morning, guys. How's it going? Good. Um, how much would that hurt getting slapped in the face point blank? Have you seen that stuff on TV yet? Oh, yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah it, it is ridiculous, pretty... right? Getting slapped hurts more than getting punched, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, and it's more disrespectful. Extremely. I know. Um, wanted to ask you too. You were in Red Deer. Uh, you were concerned about how much you would be auctioned off for. Uh, were you happy with the figure? What happened with that? Because uh, did you hit the, boys the over? You in Red Deer. <laughs> I wasn't exactly uh, the figure. It was just I. Did, I don't know. I didn't want to wait around forever. But it. <laughs> it uh, There's a lot of good names on there, so I had to. I had to keep the faith, but. Uh, I did end up going for like it was like ten grand or something like that to play really? with or to play against Colin Patterson. So it was oh, um, oh. it was a Texas uh, it was a Texas scramble two two groups on each hole and you you play straight up. Um, but so me and Patty were towards the uh, towards the bottom of the totem pole in the draft in the <laughs> auction, but we got picked anyway. It was still a really fun night though. Uh, you weren't Lanny going for a hundred gur. Lanny and Louis DeBrusque went 100K right off the top. And uh, that's honestly, I want to even make a joke about it, but it's incredible. Like, I, I had yeah. never seen that much money being thrown around um, at, at something like this. But uh, hey, man, if you have the money and you want to play 18 with Lanny and, and Big Lou, you go for it. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, great cause. We um, were. Uh... To... Sorry to interrupt you, George. We were talking about it when we were at the Red Deer show, but we think Louie could probably still play. Like, he looks great. And Patty Dumas, who was hosting with me, was saying, I can't believe he has a son that plays in the NHL. Like, he, he looks younger than us. I know. He does. He has a little bit of a young face. But, yeah, he looks great, man. He's in good shape. And, and I didn't see him golf, He was, but he was right behind mm. me. And I know I could hear his drives. I'm sure he, I think <laughs> he can hit the ball like 400 yards. So, um, <laughs> yeah. Big Lou. Um, wanted to ask you uh, about the Eric Carlson trade. Obviously, uh, it's fun to have big-time blockbuster hockey news in August, and we had that over the weekend. Um, can the Pittsburgh Penguins legitimately win a Stanley Cup, in your opinion, Luke? 
No, I don't think they can win a Stanley Cup, but I definitely think they're going to take a, a better run out this year. I I love the signings that Pittsburgh made, that Kyle Dewis made before, even before the Carlson trade. Uh, they only have a couple years left with Sid, right? Sid and, and that big three, and they got to surround him with with some cheap talent. I think Riley Smith started that. Adam Graves, Lars Eller, Nolachari. They threw in some really good bottom six guys. Riley Smith's probably top six guy, but then, I mean, getting Carlson for whatever they did, a buck and a half, shedding some, shedding some cap, Kyle really worked his magic, but the team is still really old, right? Like, mm-hmm. had three quarters of their cap is to guys over 33 years old, so they had this little window. I don't know if Eric Carlson's going to get them to the cup, but I think they break through at least and, and uh, go for a little bit of a playoff run this year. What did you make of the return that San Jose ends up getting? They basically get a first-round pick and a handful of guys that they can flip when things start to go south this season. I actually have no idea what San Jose is doing because with that and the Timo Meyer trade, they brought in like they have like fifteen guys in these trades, and and honestly, from from looking at um, what they're bringing in, I'm not sure what Mike Greer's doing there in San Jose. He's got a heck of a job. He's got prospects now and people that he can dangle next year, but um, he had to shed that salary eventually. And I'm not sure if it's the best look for them, but Hey, we'll, we'll see down the line here uh, how, how it works out for them. Like it's, they bring in Grandland and Hoffman and Duclair, but their blue line is still no good. And their goalies are still no good. Like, are they going to be any better than the Anaheim Ducks this year? Like, this looks like a team that's going to be right in that kind of lottery pick for 2024 again. Yeah, I don't think San Jose is going to be competing at all this year, uh, especially in that division. And the Pacific, Vegas is so good, and um, they're going to have to play L.A. a ton and Edmonton. And it's just, I, I just don't think they have the roster to even compete. I think that's a great comparison there with with Anaheim. I think Anaheim might even over overpass them this year. They just have a lot of work to do. They're in a really tough spot, kind of in a, in a rebuild, mid-rebuild. And, um, yeah, he's got a lot of work to do there. And then I, don't, I, don't, I can't see the Sharks competing for at least a couple of years here. It's going to be tough sliding up there. Like when I look at the Western Conference, there's four teams that I say, yeah, I don't think they're going to be very good this year. San Jose, Anaheim, uh, Chicago. And then the other one that I'm kind of wishy-washy on is Arizona. Because I actually like what they've done this offseason. I don't know if I should include them with those other three teams. Would you? I, honestly, they made some great signings. Uh, between, between bringing it, it's a lot of middle kind of roster guys, but they're all really good players. I have no idea what they're doing there, but they'll surely compete. And if they don't, they have tons of guys they can dangle as well. But yeah, I'm not sure uh, what Bill Armstrong is doing there in, in Arizona either, but they definitely brought in some good players. And I, I just don't know when you, when you bring in that many guys and change a locker room, that much repeatedly year after year and and completely rebuild your locker room i just don't see any sort of consistency and i don't know maybe guys are just going there for the weather and 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 the paycheck (laughs) (laughs) um luke wanted to ask you how how crazy is it that cap space now is such a valuable asset in the nhl and maybe it wasn't when you were playing in the league or as much or as important as it is now yeah, it's honestly, it's flipped on its head. And I think that it, it will go up next year. But even you saw in a, you know draft night and on free agency, I mean, there weren't a, a ton, a ton of deals and, and stuff going around. 
now teams have their, their rosters locked up. And the way a lot of these teams are set up, you look at Toronto's and you look at Edmonton, you got three, four guys taking up the majority of it, and then it's a scramble to find the rest of your roster. Um, it certainly wasn't as much of a thing, I think, when I was playing. Maybe it was because I was just playing and I didn't focus on it as much. But I feel like that's all we talk about here. And especially my first year in sports media, I've had to get a lot better at it because, quite honestly, I, I'm not that well-versed in it. And um, it's just something I had never looked into, but it's the big focal point now about strengthening your team and then even kind of circumventing it as well. And all these teams are finding great ways to kind of circumvent this cap. So it really has become the focal point of the NHL in general. That being said... Oilers have a, a couple of big guys with the big money. Do you like what they've been able to do in this offseason as far as get their cap at a place that maybe they're more comfortable with as far as being able to legitimately challenge for a Stanley Cup? Because they've had some good runs, but feels like they still need to get over the hump. Yeah, and they didn't have tons of room to work with. I like what Kenny did. He's still got to sign Boosh, but bringing in Connor Brown at basically minimum with, with uh, incentive bonuses is uh, – a bit, one of one of the better signings across the league, I think. I think they still need to add one more on the on the uh, on the forwards, but on the on the back end, kind of uh, kind of in your bottom six. I heard the name Brandon Sutter thrown out of the PTO. I heard Sam Gagne thrown out of the PTO, but someone like that. I think they need like a, like a Nick Bukestad they brought in last year, who was great in his role. Someone on that bottom six that can just kind of shore it up a little bit, and I think that's pretty much the roster they're going to take in the next year and. See what, uh, see what the big boys uh, 97 and 29 could do from there uh, in, in terms of uh, lead the charge. wanted to ask about the Flames as well. Oliver Shillington uh, spoke yesterday to Hockey News in Sweden, talked about returning this season, and once you get Shillington back in the fold with Zadorov and Tanev and Hannafin and Uyghur and Anderson, that's a really solid six, but at the same time, there's a lot of discussion around Noah Hannafin. Given how I just laid that out, do you think the Flames should try and prioritize an NHL-ready defenseman in a Noah Hannafin trade? Ooh, good question. You know, I'm not sure just what Noah Hannafin's thinking. I, to be honest, I, I think if this is a more, more broad conversation about these guys that, I, I don't know, don't really seem like they want to be in Calgary anymore, and I don't know why that is. This team has a brand-new coach. I spoke to Dylan Dubé at the tournament. It was a teammate of mine in Stockton. He's fired up for this year. They have a new coach. It's a great city, as you guys know. Um, maybe an old, maybe they do need a new rink. But uh, the fact that I'm even hearing some of these rumors about guys wanting out of Calgary is surprising to me. Just because I think they are on the upswing. I think you're going to see some classic BOAs next year again because I think they're going to be pretty, pretty darn competitive. And um, if, if they're going to have to ship Noah out, they're going to have to get something back in return because he is a big part of that blue line, I do think. From watching this year, watching a lot of Oilers Flames on, on the West Coast staying in the studio, I did really like his game. And uh, I think he is a big part of, uh, of that decor. Luke Gazdick, NHL on Sports and Analyst, Mitsoff Podcast, uh, joining us here on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar Guest Hotline, Big Show, Russick and Rose. 960 to fan uh shillington as maddie said uh talking about his struggles with mental health is that something we just forget as media and fans luke that we treat these guys too much like commodities and these guys have problems like everyone else and it does affect their play on the ice yeah it was uh it was kind of tough to watch shilly the shilly's clip for me I, i played with him that full year in stockton he was going through some stuff then but 
tough to watch because I've been through my own battles and struggles myself. And um, I think it is something always to keep in mind that these players' lives are just – everyone's lives are so complex. And whether it's their own struggles or they have things with their family uh, going on, it the, the year keeps going. The hockey year keeps going. It doesn't stop for you, right? So what, whatever you're going through, you still have to get up in front of the media after every game or practice or whatever it is. And uh, any sort of mannerisms that are detected are, are, uh, are certainly written about. And it's just like it, it's, it can be tough to manage at times for players. And so that's why to see Shilly, you know, step away and take some time, I actually have a, a lot of time for that. Um, to, to, to clear some things up. But, yeah, these players have a lot of things going on, and I think we, we tend to forget about those things sometimes. And, um, yeah, the seasons can get long and get tough, and I think it's good that, uh, you know, we're starting to talk about it a little more now. How much was a sports psychologist around the team when you played? Because I feel like in the last five to ten years it has gone up substantially. We pretty much had one... Um, Everywhere I played, I want to thank yeah Edmonton, Edmonton. We did in New Jersey. I did, but the same. It was it was more or less the same for me. Is that I I really didn't want to talk to them to be honest. And totally. It, it it was more of a trust situation for me. This is getting a, to be a pretty honest conversation, but I, I just I held my things in a lot when I played. I wanted to be that that I wanted to project that toughness as well on the ice and off the ice, and you know being mentally strong and you know nothing could affect me and. Um, so I really didn't utilize the resources I had around me and it, looking back on it, it's one of the biggest regrets I have. And I think that's such a good thing for players today to have resources around them during the year, just to get in there and say, Hey, I got this going on or, or how can I, you know, do this or, um, you, whatever, whatever you need, it's, it's great resources to have around. And, and guys, I think I wish I used, I wish I would have used them a little more. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to pry on this too much, but do you think that you felt that way where you didn't want to approach them because of your role as an enforcer, a, a kind of a hard-nosed type of player, or do you think it's just hockey players as a whole, that entire scope, it's it's a much larger umbrella? I just think it's a, it's a, it's a larger conversation, a larger umbrella, kind of the stigma of of wanting to you know have that old school mentality about you know I don't I don't need to talk to anyone and I can figure this out on my own uh, when really you got to kind of put the pride aside sometimes because there's some really smart people that can really help you and some of the psychologists that I met towards the end of my career were incredible in you know teaching me some different ways to look at situations and um, going back to, like I said, I, I, you know, I wish I'd used them a little more, but there certainly is that stigma in hockey about, you know, just, just being, being hard headed and, and, um, and not, not kind of talking about your feelings or, or what you're going through. So I'm, I'm glad they're, I'm glad guys are utilizing it more. Sounds like a dad on a road trip, refusing to ask for directions when they get lost. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, Luke, uh, give us some tips if we want to go to the uh, Heritage Classic in Edmonton at the end of October because we keep trying to, uh, to to grab ourselves a trip out of this thing to move the show on location uh, for four days. Give us some tips on what we should be doing. Guys, if you get, if you figure out any tips, you tell me because I want to go too. All right. <laughs> but I, I talked to a bunch of people there. Uh, it sounds like there's a lot of moving parts for this thing. I know they had an alumni uh, an alumni game set up that I'm not sure 
is going through anymore. I was really uh, going to try to put my name in the, in the hat for one of those, for that alumni roster. Uh, but I would love to be there too. So let's work on this thing together. Okay. I like it. Um, hopefully the weather isn't as uh, freezing as potentially it could be. So hopefully as, the, be as the first one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's probably, that's why they're having it at the end of October. <laughs> it was only like minus 35 guys. Like, I don't know why yeah. it was <laughs> such a big deal. Uh, we want in. Um, Luke Gazdick, uh, NHL on Sports and Analyst, Mitsoff Podcast. Luke, terrific stuff as usual. Thanks for this, pal. Awesome, guys. Thanks for having me. There he is in the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. 15-time Consumer's Choice Award winner at 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast for pickup or delivery. Call 403-248-3344. He raised a good amount number there. Yeah, 10 Gur. Yeah, that's pretty good. I think you and I would raise $10 if we're lucky. Yeah, like if ten my, Canadian if, tire dollars. If my maybe. mom is there, yeah, nobody would bid on us. No, it's like why well, do I want to play with those two knuckleheads? <laughs> These two rubes. These yeah, two those talentless like, rubes. Why well, do I want to play with those two losers? Yeah, I, I'm trying to win this thing, not play. Um, what's yeah. the game? Whack. What's the other word? Um, you know what? Never mind. It'll come to me later. Okay. Um, we're giving away a killer uh, prize. Two, in fact, Shaw Charity Classic uh, VIP giveaway. We're giving two prizes worth three grand each. Each. And it's easy. One will be on the phone line. One will be on the text line at 830. It's simple. Just just make us laugh. Get creative about this. The Edmonton Elks home losing streak is longer than blank. The Edmonton Elks home losing streak is longer than blank. 960, 960. Name and location. Before we get to the Speargrass Golf Show mm-hmm. and our special guest coming up. A little bumped up uh, today. A little yeah, earlier than uh, usual. We beefed it up a little bit. Um, intern Ben, who does a terrific job interning on the show, I guess, um, has a um, Women's World Cup update for us. Uh, can we hit the, hit the music first before I throw it over to him, GVP? Excellent. Intern Ben, take it away. Spain and Netherlands last night gave fans a thrilling game overall that went to extra time. No goals up until up until the final 10 minutes of the game as Spain outshot the Netherlands with no luck. This would continue until the 81st saw a penalty kick go into the net from Spain's Mariota Codenti. They thought they had it all said and done until the first minute of aggregate time. Stephanie Vandergraaf hits an equalizer for the Netherlands as the game hits extra time. The first half kept the game at a tie until the 111th minute when Salma Periawalo scored for Spain. This would be enough for the team to take the victory and advance to the semifinals against the winner of the other game played overnight. Sweden and Japan faced off with the latter being one of the top teams in the tournament. In the 32nd minute, Amanda Asted gave Sweden an early first half lead. The score would remain 1-0 Sweden through the rest of the first half. The 51st minute then saw a penalty kick goal scored by Philippa Engeldahl to make it a 2-0 lead. This score would remain until near the end of the game, when in the AE7, Hanoka Hayashi would score for Japan to cut the lead for Sweden. However, this is not enough, as Sweden would hold oh. on to stun Japan and advance themselves to the semifinals to take on Spain. This game will kick off on Tuesday at 2 a.m. Calgary time. But before that, on Saturday, Australia versus France and England versus Colombia will take place at 1 a.m. and 4:30 a.m. respectively to close off the quarterfinals. Great job, Ben. Uh, terrific job getting us caught up on the Women's World Cup. That's can't believe this still match. goes for like nine more days. Yeah, they yeah. got to space it out. There's the travel. Australia's a big place. 
for a yeah. lot of travel. It's not that big. That was some good. That was some good. Uh, All the roads are pretty. on the outside. You can't yeah, go across the middle. Why don't you just fly across? Yeah, I guess the middle. you go fly. Yeah, they fly. Just hop on a bird or a chopper. Or something. I know, they're just giving them time. Chopper, get to the chopper. Chopper. That was really. Bad. They got to make it a month. I'm embarrassed. All right, uh, Speargrass Golf Show next, uh, and we're giving away two, not one, but two, two. Shaw Cherry Classic VIP pa- packages. Mm. Packages. Two of them were three grand each. It's simple. Texas 960-960, name and location. You have to put your name and location. Where do people do that now? Um, the Edmonton Elks home losing streak is longer than blank. The Edmonton Elks home losing streak is longer than blank. 960-960, name and location. And we are going to fire up the phone lines. Here's your chance to win tickets. Um, last segment of the week. It's been a long one. It's the big show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, the fan.